And it's kind of like um, if a dog is walking with three legs and no peg leg, you don't put a peg leg on the dog. You're like, it works. It can move around. We're just going to let that dog go. This is 8-Bit, episode 53, Get On That, on Saturday, November 16th, 2013, and now, shirtless or naked. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest Sam Roth. So Ian, I hear that this was a pretty big week for you. Oh. Alright, so, as of this past Tuesday, I am no longer a single man. You got married that fast? Wow, I know. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it was Putnam approved. Yes, I'm recording. I like how I get like all the two clips for recording. Shh, go ask me. <laughs> <laughs> we need to actually be a guest on the show to get quips in on our show. I'm sorry, but that's just how it has to work. Oh, that's man. Why I keep coming back. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so this past Tuesday, um, you guys will remember uh, someone who I've had, or who we've had as a guest on the show a couple times, a gal by the name of Sarah Quinn, and she's. Sarah! Um, was she there when I was there? Was she that girl? Was that something different? Yes, yes, she was. Okay. Yeah, that was the the double date um podcast. The double date. Yeah, you were my date. I love you, Ian. <laughs> love you too, Sam. <laughs> Male stereotypes. Oh yeah. Um, and we're breaking them down, which is what I'll be doing a little later. But uh, continuing on, so she and I have been talking about dating for a while, and this past Tuesday, I finally got around to asking her out. Um. For those of you who are curious, what I did is I I made a list of 11 things. Six of things were memories um, that I hold kind of dear between us, and five are things uh, about her that I absolutely love. Um, and so I printed off sheets with some sort of picture that represented each of these things, um, and then went uh, and went that <sighs> sorry, and then and went and uh, hid them all around campus and basically let her on a scavenger hunt around campus um, with those things. Now, there were a few hiccups. Um, actually, before I get to that, I'll lay out the route that I had for you. So I had, first one was here on or the kitchen table. Okay. Second one was under her pillow. Third one was in the case of the movie Love Actually, which you can rent from the library, or not rent, borrow from the library, um, just because that's a movie that she and I had watched together. And um, just with some stuff that's been going on holds some significance to us. Um, the fourth one was hidden in the classics office underneath the Caesar bus. Nothing really special about that one. The fifth, sixth, and seventh ones were all hidden actually in the Greek-English lexicons, the Greek-English dictionary. Um, I'm not sure how many of you know, but the Greeks actually have four different words for love. Agape, which is like, um, it's perfect love. It's what we think, uh, or it's what Christians think of as the love between God and man in many ways, um, but it's it's unconditional love. Um, there's philios, which is the love between friends, eros, which is the love between lovers, and storge, which is the love between brothers um, and family members. Which, so I wait a minute. So then Philadelphia is not correctly named. What do you think it means? Doesn't it mean the city of brotherly love? That's what I've heard it means. That's, Maybe that's Philadelphia's um. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, you were saying, Mr. Um, just double check, Philia. Yeah, that's love between friends. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, some some idiot. Love, 
Studio Brother Love is just a nickname for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it, it also works um, according to Wikipedia. Philia is mental love. It means affectionate regard or friendship in both ancient and modern Greek. This type of love has give and take. It is a dispassionate, virtuous love, a concept developed by Aristotle. It includes loyalty to friends, family, and community and requires virtue, equality, and familiarity. In ancient text, philos denotes a general type of love used for love between family, between friends, a desire or enjoyment of an activity, as well as between lovers. Okay. Um, the more you know. So I hid them between, or so I hid them on the pages that contained agape, eros, and philia. Um, the next one was in the chapel, and this one actually, when she found it, was well, kind of interesting. So I had originally hidden it in, or hidden it in um, the highest hymnal in a stack of hymnals next to the AED that's in chapel. What's the, what's an A? Oh, oh, AED. Duh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like the blue leader there was. Um, Go to the house of worship, and worship was capitalized and underlined because the hymnals are called worship. Um, uh, and look at um, 779, which was Amazing Grace, um, next to the box that contains the thing that will keep me from meeting him in person. Hmm. Um, but unfortunately for me, earlier that morning, someone had actually moved those hymnals. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But I found it. So wait, so were you going through the scavenger hunt with her? Um, not up in, or up at that point I was, but not up until that point. <clears throat> okay. And that's because I dropped by the chapel to double check and see if it was there, and I was like, and when I found that it had been moved, it was just, oh dear, I mm-hmm. should go find her because I know I knew she was in the office. Um, actually, one of the it's kind of funny. One of the professors that was in the office went and helped her find some of the stuff that was in the um lexicon. Nice. <laughs> I love my professors. So much. Um, but we'll get to that later, if at all. The actually awkward story about Professor. But that actually does come at the end of this story. Um, <laughs> That's great. So let's see. Chapel went to Bandroom, and I was kind of needed for that one, too, because there was a class going on in the middle of it. Um, and so I, this one was hidden in my folder, the, my music folder. So I went and just grabbed the folder and grabbed it out of there because I knew right where it was. It would be the least intrusive, yada, yada, yada. So and then, that, and then the other two were um, hidden in... Um, one of them was in my saxophone case, Sasha's case, and then the other one was in my instrument locker. Um, so the first mishap was the hymnal being moved. The second mishap is that she ended up finding the last one just before she had to go to work, so she couldn't actually go to the final meeting place where I planned on asking her out. Oh. <laughs> so she goes to work into class and meets with teachers and whatnot. And event- so this was at about 12.30. At 4.20 is the next time when we can actually meet up. So we go... Um, That's a good number. Yeah. Um, out to the Arb, out to the Stone Circle, and I end up asking, or and I ask her out. And it, it actually turns out really well because um, that's right about when sunset was happening. Nice. That's so sweet. So I think the big guy up above was kind of rooting for me too, just because there's been a few things that have been happening like that. Well, and I mean, there's also been a few things that have been like, oh God, why? So it was really cold that day. So we go over to the music building, which is right next to the Arb, um, and try and find a warm place that's sort of out of the way to sit and cuddle and warm up a little bit. Um, And while we're cuddling, we do kiss a little bit. And who should walk by during this kissing but Dr. Nimmo, the director of the wind orchestra? (laughs) Is he one of the flicking off ones? No, that, that was the jazz guy. Okay. No, Dr. Nimmo is the guy who's like a grandpa figure, like, or a father or a grandpa figure do. So it's, it's just as awkward as if, like, my dad or my grandpa had walked 
in on us. Um, this is the sort of man where the worst thing he could ever tell me was that he was disappointed in me. Mm. And of course, he's going to be going on the men's halftime retreat that I'm going to be going on tomorrow. So we're going to have a good long while to talk about things. <laughs> so congratulations. You have finally, finally succeeded in the 8-bit uh, tradition of nobody who's on this, this podcast can ever go away single. Finally? This yes, is the finally. second time in a span that we've been doing the podcast that I've been right. Yes. single. Um, let me say congratulations. I'm so glad that all worked out for you, and I wish you uh, long, happy times with this person. And uh, just God bless you, and I hope the very best happens for you. Thank you. Sam, you're next. And I, and I mean, she's one of the... We're, yeah, we're getting you next. You. I, I <laughs> Actually, already have you, in. What else do I want in life? <laughs> Actually, Buck... Ewok was contacting me asking if I knew anyone who I might be able to set her up with. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, Ewok is a camp person. She she goes up to UMD, or she goes to school at UMD. She is probably the tallest girl that I know. Um, blonde, in a lot of ways, very pretty, uh, but also very opinionated and a very strong woman. So, Christian? Yes, Catholic. Oh, okay. Very Catholic. Catholic. I've had bad luck with Catholics in the past, but okay. Me too. Sarah's the first Lutheran I've ever, or actually, Sarah's the first non-Catholic I've ever dated. So, okay. <laughs> but it's turning out well so far. I mean, even before we started dating, it was the most real feeling relationship I think I have ever had. Sure, so. I understand. So yes, we're working on you next. Oh, <laughs> because am I still your most occurring guest at this time? I think you might be at this point. Oh yeah. Um, the only one who was in the running earlier was Slapacow. Mm-hmm. And he's. He's. I think he might still be dealing with stuff right now. I'm, he hasn't really been available for recording whenever yeah. I've asked as of late. So. Okay, so because I'm your backup guy, um, watch sometime you guys will be doing the show and then both of you will get pulled away by stuff and I'll be left sitting here by myself with the <laughs> show and be like, um, okay. What? Nintendo things! <laughs> Nintendo things! This oh. about Nintendo and Magic the Gathering. Let's go. Speaking of uh, Nintendo things, Sam, well, while we're doing the headlines, if you yeah. want to just kind of shoehorn any of your articles in there, because uh, they're not actually on the list, but you know, if you want to put them in in between, um, go for I it. Can, I can look. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm feeling pretty beat right now. I had uh, okay. finished off the hell week. If it's okay, I'll just talk about stuff when near the end. When I Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. I'll just read articles like I always do. I think. Cool. So articles. Um. Oh. So you guys know how, you know, everybody's first night in Minecraft feels. You know, you, you punch some trees, you get some wood, and then you dig yourself a hole and make a, a, you know, have a torch and try not to die from these scary monsters that are attacking you, right? <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Well, I just found a new game that is in development called The Forest, in which uh, the player is stranded on an island and they have to build shelter, find food, and fight off the local cannibals. So it really seems very similar to that first night in Minecraft, only in this case it would probably be rated M because it's very, like, real graphics. I think I found another article about that topic. Just I googled the forest, and I found an article that I think is about exactly what you're talking about. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, look, I'm watching the trailer for it right <laughs> now, and at the very least, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, and, like, this is an indie title. Is and it's it, an uh, alpha, and it looks this good. Is it exclusive to PC? Do we have any Most idea? likely, I mean, it's, a, it's an indie title, so... Okay. 
Let's see. But yeah, I linked another article to The Forest, the first thing that came up when I looked for The Forest. I've never heard of that movie, but apparently it's a thing. It's a got a 3 out of 10 <laughs> rating or something. Okay, a 1982 movie that got a 3 out of 10. Let's watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah, you're right. This game looks uh, pretty good. I mean, I've seen... Are those limbs? Yeah, those are limbs that he's burning. Oh, is that a, yeah. is that a dude? Is that several dudes? That's many yeah. dudes. Like they they seem very very agile, almost on the like the level of those things in uh, in I Am Legend. Yep, yep, I'm familiar. Why did that look like a troll skull? <laughs> yeah, I mean I've seen games that where the people look better, but I've got to say yeah, the, in particular the ground texture is a weird thing to note. To me, are about the best I think I've seen before. That's an, uh, yeah, that is an interesting thing to note. Yeah, but th- this, those this just is definitely me. this is definitely on my radar now. So I'll be I'd agree. This looks really good. Yeah. And it says for PC and the Oculus Rift. Holy fuck! Oh my lord! That, that would be fun. Oculus Rift. That would be a, that could be a lot of fun if it's got if it's well implemented. Um, Actually, yeah, like oh my gosh, I had never horror. thought of this. I'd never thought of this before. But like a survival horror game where you can actually look over your shoulder by looking over your shoulder. Oh, paranoia! That sounds so good. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of a real open world survival horror that anyone actually considers scary. So, open world, not so much. No. Yeah, I know plenty of scary survival horrors, but yeah, that this looks good. Good find, Ian. I mean, as it stands, I currently have to go to the bathroom before I play Amnesia. If I have to do something with the Oculus Rift where I'm continually looking over my shoulder while I'm playing it, I have no idea what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to wear brown pants, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You sit there with a surround sound going, the lights all off in an empty room. Well, if you're wearing the Oculus Rift, it doesn't matter if the lights are on or not. (laughs) Well, you don't want to slip around or anything. I don't know, slip past your vision. I don't know how tight it sits on your face. The only thing that would be slipping past me is the cannibals, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> oh, boy, that, that does look like a good game, and I imagine that that would be great for the Oculus Rift. It does look great. Good All point, right. Ian. So, I believe uh, I'm next, yes? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're going to take a couple minutes out of our um, podcast, which almost I would say almost exclusively talks about gaming things, but we just went off on a... Huge big, huge big roll in about how I'm no longer single. Um, that has to do with games, I think. No, sort of. Well, I mean, into games. I'm gonna be getting her into games a little bit. Um, the I'm game of be, life, I guess, maybe. I'm gonna be helping her make and get started on League tonight. So, getting Wait, her into does, games, working out. Does that mean we're not playing Borderlands? We can't play Borderlands anyway. Why not? I told you about this. I thought. Oh. What? Okay. One of the local fraternities on campus is ah. hosting um, a fundraiser tonight for Children's Miracle Network, where you can go and <coughs> excuse me, um, there's a bunch of them playing games, and you can throw in donations, and they will do things depending on how much you donate. So, like for a few of them, it's I will play Amnesia: The Dark Descent for X amount of minutes if you donate X amount of dollars, or Outlast, or I will play this game straight through, sort of thing. Um, what I had kind of thought about doing, even though I'm not a member of this fraternity, and I don't think I ever will be, um, you contributed. Uh, what I'm kind of pla- what I think I might do is, so we know that Telltale games are really well known for their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, and like, Sam and I actually had a very very lengthy conversation about uh, the the Walking Dead today. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, stuff like that. 
Adventures of Monkey Island. Um, Wait, Sam Max. Wasn't Adventures of Monkey Island uh, Lucas Arts, and that was like a very long time ago? The most recent one, I think, was the Telltale. Oh. Anyway, yeah, continue your story. Anyway, um, is for every dollar they donate, they get to make a decision while I'm playing through one of these games. Oh, that sounds fun. That, that sounds fun. And, I mean, it's it's nice and cheap. It's a buck. could totally change the outcome of whatever I want. And if more people bid on... If we get into bidding wars as to what decision that I'll make, well, they'll probably be the fastest bids that'll have to go down because it's a time decision, usually. Um... But anyway, yeah. You could really um, take a, a good chunk there. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, but anyway, talking about more charities and more things that are really, really, really cool, one of my favorite charities, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, actually, and this, this does tie in a little bit what you're talking about, um, fulfill the wish of five-year-old Miles Scott. Miles uh, Scott, when he was about 18 months, I believe is what they said, was yeah. diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and after beating it recently... Um, Make-A-Wish decided to try and fulfill his request and actually put out feelers here and there requesting openly to the public to give them a hand with making his um, request a reality. And what was they his request? poured out. So, for a day, he was no longer five-year-old Miles Scott. For the day, he became Batman and went around the city of San Francisco um, after being summoned by a bat signal. He went around the city of San Francisco rescuing damsels in distress who were trapped by the Riddler and stuck on um, the public transit rails, um, defeating the penguin. Um, he even got, by the police commissioner, he got um, messages from him and at the end of the day received a key to the city. You're going to make me cry. I know about this story. I, I followed it, but hearing it, I'm going to break it down. Hear that, ladies? We have a sensitive one on our hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the kid was going to die, and then he beat it, and he gets all sitting poles together to make his life worth living, and it's just like... Look. They give him his childhood back, even just for a day. They give him an experience that he will remember for the rest of his life. And now, yes. what, what do you think is cooler, beating the penguin or beating leukemia? I mean, beating leukemia sounds a lot harder. Um, penguin is a judo master. A judo master, excuse me. Yeah, but he's just a person. It's not like fighting your own cells. Hmm. Good question. I mean, yeah, I'm, all I'm saying a, is well, he's already a hero. This is a beautiful story. He doesn't have to pick. He did both. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you really got to feel for the kid. Um, it's, it's just a great heartwarming story. Uh, it's, it's just... Anyone who likes to go around mumbling about how terrible humanity is and how everyone's bad and people are naturally evil, yep, yep, hear a story like this and keep keep your bad attitude. Um, this is just really shows you what people can do when they work together to do something good, to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the right thing, the Humble Bundle, that's pretty much one of our favorite things ever, wouldn't you agree? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> So they're, I'll drink to that. <laughs> they've started branching out recently. They now have an actual full-blown store with uh, daily deals and uh, way more games than could ever fit into their bi-weekly you know, humble bundle. And the best part is that 10% of that money still goes to charity. Wow, you okay there? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, the last little bit of the drink was a little extra strong. Ian down, Ian down! The health goes strong in this one. <laughs> that happens to me with my uh, with my orange juice every morning. 
you have screwdrivers every morning? No, no, just orange juice. But when oh. you get to the bottom, it's like, woo, that's sweet. <laughs> and we all know about your drinking problem. Just time. like Sam, when you get to the bottom of it, he's a really sweet guy. So ladies, <laughs> go get get on. <laughs> oh my god, oh, you are doing so much better at this than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, when you look at me from the top straight on, I'm a complete <laughs> asshole. But when you get down to the center, there is supposedly a heart. Supposedly, I have yet to see this. I've tried to tear my chest open, but I can't find it. And it's chocolate, so it's delicious. It's sweet, and it's an aphrodisiac. Get on it. Um, <laughs> I completely uh, forgot what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the bundle and the good that it's doing in the world. Well, I mean, that kind of always happens. Um, there was a question that you asked, Buck, that I was answering. What did you ask? <laughs> um, you Maybe know, Ryan remembers. Don't remember. Ask Ryan if he remembers. The only Humble bundle. Humble bundle. And uh, all I remember. Oh no, we got off on the humble bundle thing because I took a sip and it was strong vodka. Um. And actually, it reminded me of something that I saw earlier today, that apparently not until a couple years ago, beer was actually considered non-alcoholic, because the Russians considered anything below 10% alcohol as non-alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> that makes my heart warm that they were just like, that doesn't count, you whim. I bet it vodka makes... would make your heart warm, too. That was a bad pun. It's definitely making mine. <laughs> <laughs> we are on a roll with the bad puns today. Yes. Um, moving forward... FTL, which I hope stands for Faster Than Light. Correct. We'll yes. be getting a free expansion. Free! It's like free DLC, people. That, that's exactly what it is. New weapons, drones, enemies, and a whole new sector to explore. I assume a sector is a fairly large part of the game. Yeah, fairly large. Several several star systems. Okay. Uh, you know, that's, that's I almost made a dick joke there, but, you know, that's not that big. <laughs> Alongside this expansion, they will also release the game on iPad with other tabs as possibilities. Uh, no plans for phones as of yet. Just probably for the better. Uh, yeah, I, a game where you explore lengthy areas on a phone might be a challenge. No, Actually, I mean, then again. I mean, the, I can the, play, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Frozen Synapse on my phone, and it works uh, all right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about FDL. Actually, I was—I remember looking at uh, my roommate has it, um, and I've watched him play it a few times. And in all honesty, I don't know why I said originally it shouldn't be on phones. Actually, I do. It's because I'm vehemently against gaming on phones for the most part. That's my um, But uh, actually, with the gameplay style and how the whole game fits together, phone does look like a very viable option if they really, really want to go with it. Okay. Um, but definitely better on iPad and best on PC. Um, now, we're actually going to... I'm going to talk about a couple things in a row here. Um, so I hope you guys don't mind. Go for it. Uh, so, first thing, um, and not to rain on Sam's uh, Matt Band parade, um, but... So, I'm assuming that you're going to be telling us a little bit later in the show about how wonderful the third Batman is. Yes? Um... You'll hear a little of what I like and a little of what I don't like. Okay. Um, well, so far the game has, or the game series itself has had a stellar bunch of, or a stellar couple of games. Yep. Um, and the third, third, um, third installment looks like it's. We'll find I'm, out. If we we'll find out, no. We'll find out. If I were to describe it very quickly, uh, worst of the series, still a great game. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, then you can. Buy this, and hopefully the goodness of the other two will outweigh the badness of this one. 
So due for release on Xbox 360, PS3, and the PC on November 22nd, and at the very least the UK, um, there's a collection, um, something called Batman Arkham Collection uh, Edition, which has the whole trilogy on it. Um, as to whether or not this will actually come to um, the US, I'm not 100% sure, but for sure at the very least in the UK. Did it say if it came with the DLCs, like the Game of the Year editions? I would assume um, the first two at least. I hope so. On PC, Asylum and City are the Game of the Year editions, while the PS3 version of the collection sees Origins come with the Nightfall DLC pack. Okay, yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense, because I think the Game of the Year editions are the only ones that are on Steam now, and Steam is how you have to have them since oh, they abandoned games for Windows Live. You mentioned that, yeah. 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 Lost your save file on that or something. Hey, it's all right. I was only three hours into the game. <laughs> Sad day. And so your second thing... I still need to go back and finish that game. All right, so one of the more interesting things that we talk about occasionally on the show is when someone takes an old game and they do a remake of it. Um, several years ago, there was um, a gaming adventure. It was a point-and-click adventure of something called um, Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. It was made by Sierra Online, Sierra Interactive, if Sierra? you guys remember oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah, just for a little bit of nostalgia's sake. Um, I don't remember them. What did they do? They made the hardest games in human history. I died a million times in Hunter Hunted. King's <laughs> Quest. Okay. Um, don't talk about King's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I don't PC game as much as I do on consoles. I have scars. <laughs> but ridiculously difficult games that were ridiculously good in many ways. Beyond humanity. And yes, they were amazingly fun games. Um, so there's actually a remake of this game, um, but it's coming out... Right? The remake is going to be coming out in mid-2014, um, but the the writer of, um, I know at the very least, the newer game, um, isn't going to make you wait that long for a good point-and-click game. Um, set in a very similar place, time, setting, characters, everything, is a game called Mobius, which is described as a metaphysical thriller that's coming out this January. Um, and it looks like it's going to be very, very good. It's... Think Sherlock Holmes-esque. So let me read the the, um, the description that they have here. Do they have a creepy Watson following you everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wish. All right. From its opening comic book style, cinematic, and overall art style, to its extensively researched storyline and snarky humor, Mobius has that old Gabriel Knight feel to it. Developed by Jensen's Indie Pinkerton Road Studio, Mobius puts you on the role of Malachi Rector a New York-based antiquities expert graced with the photographic memory and the deductive mind of Sherlock Holmes. His genius-level IQ of 175 and vast knowledge of history gives him an almost supernatural ability to appraise antiques and, as it turns out, people with spot-on accuracy. Um, so it's a mystery game where you play a super, super smart guy. In my opinion, uh, just by that alone, it, it almost sounds like a Dan Brown book. Okay, I can see what you mean. But it, it actually looks like it's going to be really interesting, and it's only coming out in... It's coming out in January. Um, there's an e-comic that comes with it too, uh, and that the art style for that looks absolutely gorgeous. So look at the look at the link. Get up on this game because it looks like it's going to be really cool. Sweet. So speaking of Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft documentary that was kickstarted uh, quite a while ago actually came out last year. Um, you know, was available for pre for purchase for a really long time. It's now on YouTube for everyone to watch. So Yay. go ahead and enjoy it. It's like an hour and a half long or something, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's good or bad that there's a documentary on Minecraft. I don't know how I feel about that. In all well, I mean, uh, it's, I think it's about the making of, and I mean that's always an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can see why it's like that. I bet that Minecraft has a very unique uh, development story because I mean it's just so different than any other games that you see out there. I mean, if only for the reason that, the, like, the fact that it's built on Java, which is you know is a I mean, I can't fathom why they did that, but yep, they did I'm, it. I'm one of few people I know who has never touched the game, and it doesn't particularly um, interest me, but even I can respect that it's uh, it's made a really big impact. And I've watched people play it, like, lit a little bit. It looks... I'm sure if you like it, it is the best game of its genre by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it made its genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is... Uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, and... I don't know. A making of could be fun. Just to get perspective. Who knows? Maybe it'll help some guy trying to make his own game. Some indie company trying to make their own to see how this one was made. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, by the looks of things, mine is about Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yeah. Gameplay footage. Okay, so... If, if uh, you'd like to do that. I, I this is something it. that I've been doing for a while, well, for the past few shows, where I don't actually write out any notes. I just go through and I read the articles, and then I pull it up and talk about it. So I sometimes um, ramble like you saw with the last one. <laughs> sure, sure. I, can, I, can I have no out. idea what you're talking um, about, Ian. Oh, oh shut. <laughs> okay, so um, Dragon Age is a pretty well-known franchise. I don't think I have to do too much to introduce it. Two games. Um, first one was considered excellent. The second one was a little bit more polarizing. Well, we now have 30 minutes of gameplay footage for Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the new game. I believe that game is coming out specifically for next-gen consoles. Nope, apparently it is still looking at PS3 and 360. Uh, I don't know what it consoles here it's it coming is. out on. It but okay, okay then. It. Um, and shame, I think it would do better on next-gen alone, but um, it's a game by EA, I believe. Bioware, yep. Bioware, who was owned by EA. So Bioware is considered by many people, it seems, the only part of EA that is redeemable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dice? Um, Battlefield. Do you like first-person shooters? Yes or no? It's a flowchart. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, and I myself did play the original Dragon Age and I put about 10, 15 hours into it, and I liked it. I just never got around to finishing it, and I despise EA in general, and um, this isn't my kind of game, so the fact that I like it should speak wonders to the quality it was made with. Um, good story, looks good, um, fun play and play. So here we get a look at some of the early... Um, you know, good look at some of the early parts, early thoughts towards Dragon Age Inquisition. I find it funny that in the article they mentioned that um, uh, it is pre-alpha gameplay footage. I, I find it strange that it would be qualified as pre-alpha. It's coming out in the second half of the next year that this game has been in development for probably three years. Not well, two so far. It, it's, it was leaked. This footage, at, footage actually is not supposed to be out there right now. Oh, so this is not new footage of it, per se. This is older. I don't know, but it looks. Well, it, it, oh my gosh, it looks pretty. So, so this is this is footage that they were showing to people that were at uh, some convention or other, and oh. somebody videotaped it. And I think, I mean, the best part of the video is the the guy who's talking over it, um, explaining kind of the systems that are that are underlying the game. Uh, you know, about the the choices that you make, not just by making choices, but by you know. Like not by dialogue choices, but by deciding whether or not to help a certain person. Sure, sure. You know, the way you interact with. The yeah, world. dynamic choices more. Yep. Um, um, and so you know, his his explanations really help to you know to let you understand more about the game than really just watching this person walk around and fight some sure, people. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, I hope that um, any of our audience who enjoyed the other games or enjoys a I'd call it a gritty high fantasy. By high fantasy, I mean magic is profound and meaningful and makes big changes. And it's gritty because it's more of a darker portrayal. Anyone who's interested in maybe that sort of thing, um, okay. I hope that yep, I hope people give it a look. Um, uh, very quality series, and it's just exciting to see that we've got another one coming out um, this mm-hmm. these next next year even next year. And I mean the thing about this new one is, and I know that I've mentioned this before, is that the second one it looked like it was slapped together. It not really done right. The third one, it seems like they're making their time and they are doing it right. And oh my, am I excited! Yep, the second one got a good amount of flack. It didn't get that great of reviews in general. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, wow, that was impressive. I played. That wasn't. Oh no, trust me, you haven't seen me with my good yachts. Um. Uh, but it's. I've been playing through it a while, and it, it it's. As I said, I played through the first one. I have, and mind you, this is me um, as well as several of my dad's hours being logged on this game. Um, mm-hmm. But on Dragon Age Origins, I have 138 hours logged. My my, it is a wonderful game. Second one, 29. So, lots of good That's gameplay, good. but still not very nothing quite as good as the first one. Which is sure, just, that that speaks volumes. Um, I can even relate that. My favorite Mario games, I've probably put over 10, 15 years, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in. Whereas yeah. the ones I don't like as much, you play through it once, maybe twice, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, hopefully this game will uh, live up to the first one. And it, look, it looks good from what I've seen. Just looking a little bit here. Yeah. So one of, the, one of the cool features that the PS4 has been, you know... Uh, it, telling us all about, because they, they love telling us about their unique things, is uh, that you can download a game, you know, uh, while, or play a game while it's in the middle of downloading. Uh, well, Steam, I think, noticed that, and they are bringing an update that will allow you to download games, uh, download updates for games while you are in a game. Um, so you can set which games allow this. For example, you probably don't want to download stuff while, you know, playing a multiplayer game. Um, and you can also set particular times of the day when Steam will download updates. So that's pretty That's pretty nice. Well, that's pretty neat. Um, I feel like the Wii U has a feature similar to that, like it can download an update in the background, too. I think I've done something like that before, mm-hmm. just, just randomly noticing. Um, but yeah, this should be a standard feature for all things ever, for everything. Yep, and it's nice having more control over when sure, stuff, so you, you know, when your resources are used up. Sure, sure. PC gamer talk. I don't understand. Actually, I just say sure now. Oh no! Actually, that's brilliant because, like, so you know how how uh, internet providers usually don't log your you know like two a.m. until six a.m. time zone time frame as you know counting against your cap. Ooh. So uh, for people who you know need to worry about that, then you can just set that as the time when it will check for updates and download them, and boom, you're you're golden. Okay, I like this. I like this a lot. Such good. Wow. Much games. <laughs> All right. So ignoring me and my stupid thingamajigger. Um, Which so, stupid thingamajigger are you talking about now? Oh, stupid <laughs> I took that sexually. You're supposed to. That's what this show is all about. 
Well, I don't know. As you and I kind of talked about this week, we might actually have to start setting some standards. Oh, who needs oh, those? Fuck. Oh, that. Right. Yeah. I'm about to, I have got to drop the F-bomb every chance I get to say your standards become enforced. We will boot you from this show. <laughs> you don't have any rules yet. Well, yeah, no. We'll see. What, what, we do now that you, you know, you've been on here with the TV on, so that's a rule now. No television, even though it was muted in the background. So, Ian, what else is uh, Valve up to here? All right, so Valve, um, many of you guys know that Valve um, are the guys who created and maintained Dota 2, which many people were really, really angry about because it, they felt like it was getting in the way of Half-Life 2 Episode 3, which it was. <clears throat> but, um, so, Valve um, has some updates that they were doing that for Dota 2 that look really, really, really cool um, that I really like. So, uh, first things first is, and this is the, I'm going to mention this now because you guys need to get on this now if you're into the game at all. Um, there's the return of something called Dire Tide, which is the game's Halloween event. Um, let's see, it says, previously felt... We're halfway into November. What's going on? Yeah, well, the thing is, is the, the event runs from November 14th through the 28th. Okay. And it's the Halloween event. I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> I don't even know what a Dota 2 is. I think it's a, uh, is it a style of... It's a MOBA, so okay, like League yeah, of Legends. I was going to say, is that a League of Legends style game? Yeah. yeah. And I think it involves shooting things. No. Oh, no, then I do not know what a Dota 2 is. Dota was, in many ways, the original MOBA. It's the first one that got MOBAs on the map and up and rolling. <laughs> on the um, map. Um, so it's 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 the one that inspired League of Legends, not the other way around. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Besides just this, there are three new characters that are coming out. There's, uh, and they're all spirits. There's the Storm Spirit, the Earth Spirit, and Ember Spirit, which focus on magic, strength, and agility, respectively. Um. So let's see, it does that, and apparently those are all really, really fun-looking characters, so I might have to actually hop on and try it out. Um, but also to help newbie players like me, there's also training mode um, that allows us to, oh, you know, actually get some practice, uh, other than just jumping in with people who haven't played, or other people who haven't really played much before. Um, as well as, let's see, there's a coaching ability where people who just want to coach are allowed to hop in and actually make markers on the map. They can ping, they can do... So they can go out of their way to really try and help some someone out or a few people out. Yes. That's pretty uh, awesome. And, I mean, you can also customize items and things like that. Um, and I think this has been around for a while, but you can actually get skins not just for your characters but for your items as well, which looks kind of interesting. Man, I can imagine just, you know, two high-level players talking to each other and be like, man, let's go on those servers and let's train up some noobs, man. <laughs> Uplifting, not downlifting. I just love the idea of some, like, yeah, two people. You know what, I'll take this squad, noobs, and you take that one and mine will win. I think you have far too much faith in the Internet, my friend. Yeah, we, we, one can dream, can't they? No. This is the Internet, where you corrupting children happens on a daily basis, and if it doesn't, then what the hell are we doing? They do not exist to destroy people's innocence, Ian. Exactly. Man, it's a good thing I had dial-up when I was a kid. <laughs> you were never innocent, so shall pass. This too shall pass. So, 
Assassin's Creed 4, one of uh, one of the games that I'm most excited for this holiday season, uh, they just came out with a companion app that serves several purposes. It provides a larger map that tracks you in real time when you're playing. Um, so, you know, like you have the mini-map on the screen, but you can also have this larger map on your tablet. Um, you can manage your fleet and upgrades while you're away from the game, and it contains the entire Animus database so that you don't have to, you know, go searching for through some wiki to find the stuff. It's already right there. Um, so it's it really is the perfect, like, second screen uh, companion to the game. I, I bet... Uh, I. So Assassin's Creed 4 is on Wii U, I'm pretty sure. Yes. So I'm I'm betting that yes. like a lot of that functionality is probably already built into the Wii U version with the gamepad. Right. Um, this is just nice because it's the yeah. gamepad just gives you the ability to do it locally, whereas that gives you the ability to do it on the go. True. Yep. And I mean it's like we have tablets and we have the thing that we're playing it on. So why not use both, Ubisoft? Go Ubisoft. Yep, um it's it's funny, just as an anecdotal story from it. Ubisoft has mentioned before that they were very happy to have worked on the Wii U and to have made Zombie U and such because they loved the experience with second screen because they think that's very, very important in the future. So they learned a lot from the Wii U about second screen experience, and since then they've made that a big part of uh, where they want to go in the future, which um, I think is interesting, and I'm really glad to see them implementing it in something like this. Yeah. And something completely unrelated, but related somewhat. Um... Yes. Boy, I can't so, wait to see where this one goes. I know, right? So, Buck, you know how <laughs> me. next summer, um, not this summer, but next summer, like the summer after we graduate from college, we're going to have the big trip down to Mississippi. Correct. Um, Sarah, um, so I, Sarah and I were talking about that a little bit today, and we decided that we are not going to be co-pilots, but rather co-pirates. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds terrible already. So do we need to like go and board some of the houseboats that we pass on the on the river or what? Maybe just you. Okay. And if we do board any of the houseboats that we pass on the river, we'll probably hop up and give them a beer and then hop off and keep going. And can we can I hit somebody with like a noodle? Fine. Gosh. Yeah, you know the floaty noodles. Do the noodle oh, dance. I'm familiar, yes. Okay, sorry, that was just my one little unrelated. Oh, I see how that's related. Cool. Got it. Okay. Um all right, so continuing on. I think... Uh, do you want me to talk about this one? Yes, this one please has... do, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, what? but uh, I can't follow it all either. Um, I, I'll talk about maybe the next one or something. <laughs> all right, so Bloom Memories um, is a new game that has been put up on the Kickstarter in order to fund, or for funding, obviously, why else would it be on Kickstarter? Because um, they want to give away money. I know, right? Um, but it's looking into some novel ideas in the um, action RPG formula. So action RPG, let's see, the, the article here says, it's an ambiguous action RPG that's going to try to marry the exploration of Zelda, the stealth of Thief, and the living world of Harvest Moon, um, with, clever, with a big emphasis on clever solutions beyond violence and a really beautiful batch of concept art. So, I mean, yes, holy cow, this looks gorgeous. Uh, so if you're someone who buys games for the art uh, within it, in the art styles alone, this is definitely by far worth getting. Think trying to mixed with um, Braid. Or no, not Braid. Uh, trying to mixed with um, Bastion. Bastion, okay. I knew it wow. was be. Um, so, and what it does, one of the biggest things that I thought looked really interesting, um, as, it, as it mentioned, or as I mentioned from the description there, it focuses on 
alternative methods of getting through your various challenges. So one of the things that they talked about was with many monsters, what you can do um, is instead of just going up and straight up shoving your sword in their face. Wow, that's um, not suggestive at all. You, if you're going to implement standards that punish me for saying the word fuck, you guys really need to control. I wasn't even trying to do that, honestly. I wasn't trying to implement that. This is this is vodka me drunken. <laughs> I, I mean talking, not... Not drinking? Go on! <laughs> um, um, but so, continuing, um, one of the things that they do is you can actually, instead of just going up and killing something, you can possibly talk with it and find a solution right out of the way. So maybe it's some misunderstood thing or it's something that just needs a problem solved, but it provides you with loads of alternative solutions to the game so that um, the game is dynamic to how you want to play it and go about solving um, the various puzzles and riddles that it sends your way. That's nice, a game that's more like... It sounds obviously more like a game of Dungeons & Dragons than a standard, if you know what I mean, where you actually have more choices. You don't just have to go stab or kill. You can interact in your own ways. Yeah. Or like nothing. Get spiked on the back of the thing and sit there and masturbate. <laughs> that was a great D&D campaign. Oh my god. Oh man, we'll have to tell you about that later. I can no, I can already. I've played D&D. <laughs> I've played D&D, you don't have to tell me anything. Okay. Well, I don't know. I liked the story that I came up with. I, I did too. I really wish that we had managed but to get farther get than our, we did. Let's not get dragged off on that right no. now. No. <laughs> dragged off. <laughs> so, okay. Son of a bitch. So, next. As long as we're not getting whacked off on that. <laughs> We'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay. I know standards, right? So, uh, the Uncharted series has been one of PlayStation's um, well-received exclusives, and it will be continuing into the new console generation. Um, Uncharted is um, an interesting series. It, it's been called a very movie-like one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very cinematic. Yep, it's been called... Um, if you will, pretty linear, which people like to use that as an insult. That's not necessarily an insult. Um, according to Wikipedia, the series has sold 17 million copies worldwide as of uh, April 2012. And um, the first Uncharted showed up in, looks like, late 2007. And there have been four games produced for Uncharted so far. Uh, that's including one for the Vita, I think, right? Yep, yep. yep. that's why that was counted. Um, so yeah, it's been sales-wise, that's pretty good. But more than that, the game is uh, especially for like uh, one that's only on one platform. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And I mean, yeah, the game has been more received. A lot of people like it. I played it. I don't care for it, but um, it, it was known to be one of the better-looking games of its launch. It was arguably the game in the PlayStation Three that showed that hey, the PlayStation Three really is a next-gen system in terms of graphics, um, if that such a thing exists. But yeah, it's um, very exciting. I know the series has a lot of fans who are going to be jumping up and down, and um, the PlayStation 4 has arguably not had a very good lineup of launch exclusives. Launch exclusives. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk though about this. Yeah, yeah. So a game like this is uh, very exciting, and I think we'll validate for a lot of people who have gotten the system or who are choosing to why that is a... Um, I'm sorry, why it's a good buy, why it's something that they can really... Um, mm -hmm. um, why it's something worth getting to validate their choice. 
But before Naughty Dog, you know, brings us to that next Uncharted game, they uh, they'll have to do some sweet DLCs for The Last of Us. So Left Behind is a DLC that explores the bond between Ellie and her friend Riley, who she meets in the comic American Dreams, and that comic is, you know, obviously not included in the game. Uh, you have to go out and buy that yourself from Dark Horse. Um, but Dark Horse, Dark Horse, Dark Horse. <laughs> So that DLC is coming out sometime in early 2014, and uh, I can tell you for sure that The Last of Us uh, has been way, way more acclaimed than the Uncharted series was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think Sam, you would probably enjoy it more um, than Uncharted. I have watched significant gameplay of The Last of Us a couple hours, and I can say, yeah, that it feels to me like that's a great improvement overall in what they're doing. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It looks fantastic, and it's probably one of the contenders for Game of the Year overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, that uh, that came out... L- no, did that it? came out this year, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought it did. Yeah. Unfortunately, it probably won't be contending for the uh, 8-bit Game of the Year award because none of us have a PS no, to play. No, no, no. <laughs> um, if, if you let me vote, I will probably vote for either Pokemon or, if it's amazing, maybe the new Mario game that's coming out. Those are my best guesses, and I will lose to a PC game. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'll have to look back on how we did Game of the Year last year, but I think we each just uh, picked our own favorite Game oh, of the Year, okay. and then, you know, none of them were, like, the official 8-bit one, unless, I guess, if we, like, voted unanimously, then that would work, but, yeah. Okay. Also, is it bad that whenever I see the name Ellie, the only thing that I can think about is Scooter's sister from the Borderlands series? <laughs> yes, uh, you have a problem, my friend. Uh, she's definitely the best Ellie in video game history. Either her or Matthew Petchel's older sister. Well, but anyway, um, so actually, I'm going to jump back a little bit. There's an article of mine that we skipped over, uh, just because you can't really see it because it's just kind of hiding there between things. Um, so, uh, talking about exclusives, one of the more, I guess you could say, anticipated for a good long while. Um, one of the more, not even really popular, but one of the more cool exclusives for PC is a game called Planetside 2. Um, and what Planetside 2 is, for just to refresh your guys' memories, it's a game that is based on world warfare. You join one of three different factions, and they have maps that are absolutely enormous. A single base is about the size of a regular standard first-person shooter game in these maps, and you have to go and capture several of these bases. So it's this continuous war. It's not even a battle. It's a war, um, essentially, of trying to gain map map dominance for your particular faction. Um, So the game, because it's so immense, and and I mean immense is in the fact that they have, besides just a huge map, literally upwards of, I think, somewhere around 1,000 players. Yeah, I've played it a little bit myself, and I can attest to huge amounts of players, yeah. Like, I believe, hundreds. Um, But so, uh, Sony Online Entertainment, the guys that manage the game, um, have, as of, I believe it was yesterday, the 14th of November. um, Sorry, no, that was a while ago. Back on the 12th of November, on 11, 12, 13, on Tuesday, on the day that I asked Sarah out. Um... They released their first step of their um, OMFG, or Operation Make Faster Game initiative. 
Um, so the performance update one has been released, and it focuses strictly on making the game faster by utilizing performance. Um, so I guess obviously um, reducing um, uh, the taxing amount of calculations and all that, that your computer has to do in order to play it, and basically making it faster and more playable for everyone involved. Um, some of the highlights include you get a refactored game rendering to better utilize multiple CPU cores. Uh, the same has been done for UI rendering. Um, optimized CPU cost of some purely aesthetic physics objects. They added adaptive complexity levels for physics simulations based on current climate performance. Um, sound emitter optimization. Um, they oftentimes found that getting in and out of vehicles was causing some performance issues, and those have been eliminated. Audio acid cleanup. So basically just a bunch of little tweaks here and there that added up were were causing the game a big amount of slows, but okay. they've been fixed to hopefully make the game run more smoothly and make it the war that the game really deserves to be. I really, I have to say, that is the best acronym I have seen in a very long time. Yes. I'm sorry, what was the acronym? OMFG. Oh, Lord. Operation Make, make Faster, faster Game. game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like I said, I've played a bit of Planet Side 2. Have either of you two? Yes. I have it well, installed, same. and I haven't really played um, any of it at all. No, I, I had some fun with it, but my problem was uh, I had no one to play with. It was just me going in as a noob, and it was like... I mean, I'm, I don't want to brag. I'm pretty good at first-person shooters. I, I do good at TF2, and I'm good at Call of Duty, but... Um, I, you know, so when I found people, I could fight them just fine. I could get kills or whatever, but I could never find anyone. I wasn't sure what was going on. I was like, I remember running for minutes straight sometimes. Like, where am I going? Which is, I mean, that was part of, like, their selling point was, we have huge maps and everybody's on the map and it's an MMO and it's a hands for first-person shooter MMOs. And then, you know, I mean, you run around in that and you're like, well, where is everybody? Yeah, I think I'd have more fun if I played with a couple of people I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Like, uh, hey, hey there. Hey, you. I know you. I have a computer. I can oh, hey, that girl. Too. Ian, you're shirtless or naked, one or the other. Both. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, In fact, one of them a, is an upset of the other. Ian, do you have any of that lubricant? Um, I, I might want to take a five-minute break here. <laughs> Join us. There you go. Oh my god. One of us. One, One of us. us. One oh of us. God damn it. <laughs> Enjoy my armpits that are no longer spiky and painful. Oh gosh. You never so shaved yours. Mm-hmm. There. Now we're all fucking naked. Yay! <laughs> Watch our female viewership just goes up like times three, even though they can't see us. No, but I mean they can sense it. There's there's the, the audio pheromones. So, ladies, not only is he sensitive, but he's confident enough to get naked on a show that's being published. What? <laughs> so, he get is comfortable out. in his heterosexuality. Get out of this. From what I'm seeing, you want to get out. <laughs> you know what I want to get on? I want to get on that new Thief game that hasn't come out yet. Oh, Best yes. segue ever. Best segue. He doesn't take off his shirt so often, though, because I think he needs to stay stealthy, and, you know, dark clothes are probably better than pasty skin, which is Unless what three of us have. <laughs> um, so one of the issues that people had with some of the demos that had been showed off so far was that uh, they were seeing some quick-time events, and people don't like quick-time events generally. Never. Never. Um, 
So the the developers have just decided, forget about it. We're not doing quick time events. Wait, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the greatest <laughs> response ever to I to never buy this game, But now I totally might buy this game just <laughs> because they listened to their fans. <laughs> I mean, I can always think of things about that. I remember when I Rise Son of Rome, the Xbox One exclusive game. Mm. Um, that was just a quick time event fest. Like um, I've watched some gameplay, and like it is totally a game that I would buy hardcore for like twenty or thirty bucks because it looks like it's really got nice graphics and a nice setting and a cool story. But the gameplay looks like yeah, some quick time events. I think I think every single opponent that he killed was finished off by a quick time event. Yes. It was kind of disgusting. Monster kill. <laughs> Kilimanjaro. Combo breaker. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my lord. Speaking of which, those original um uh those announcer voices yeah. were originally actually in Dota. That's where that whole thing came Are from. Are you kidding me? Nope. Really? I thought they were in like Doom or something or Quake or one of those old games. Okay, maybe, but I mean, the place where they got popularized, I think, was in Dota. Huh. I buy that. I would buy that for sure. Oh yeah, that that is. And Dota Two is free, so get on that. Yeah, it's free to play. I think that might be the catchphrase for this particular show. Get on that. I feel like that would be a great name for the show at this point. Oh yeah, it's probably gonna happen. Is that up there? I'm putting it up there. Oh, Party. there it is. It's up there. Okay, right under something about somebody being naked. Shirtless or naked? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, that uncommon of the thing on our show. Let's talk about the the big elephant in the room. You know, the the thing that really makes this week stand out from other weeks in the you know gaming history. The PS4 just launched. You're, you're, I wish you'd give me a second. I'd come up with something stupid and irrelevant that it happened. <laughs> uh, let's see the the uh, what's it called? The Ouya did something new this week. No, they didn't. <laughs> there they, still exists. That's new. Actually, so the the game stick, their competitor, I think, has been <laughs> delayed again. It's never it's never gonna come out. Game so, stick. And no one will buy it. <laughs> the game stick. Yes, we saw. And that's gotta be the worst name ever. Game stick. Stick. So, um, <laughs> there's some there's some interesting <laughs> stories. You want to turn? There's some interesting stories about the PS4. There haven't been too many yet because today is actually launch day. And uh, so, you know, we, we the people haven't had time to create stories about it yet. But uh, I found some interesting ones. So say say you're a big football star and you go, you know, to your local Walmart to buy a PS4. Do you, don't you think that it would be cool to, like, buy the, the console for the next few people in line as well? Well, not. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're a football star. You got the money. Yeah. So that's actually exactly what Des Bryant did. He's uh, he's a receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, and so like suddenly there are just a bunch of people tweeting like, "Holy cow, Des Bryant just uh, bought me a PS4." Yeah, that's uh, that's really nice charity. It's good to hear that. Good guy, Des. The Cowboys are now my second favorite football team <laughs> behind the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Not not San Central. Central. I mean. Well, that play that they had, um, was it our homecoming of our sophomore year or of our junior year? Dude, I never went to the homecoming games. Well, then, just to, to refresh your memory, what happened at one of our homecoming games is within the final 30 seconds, we were, I believe, just a little bit less than two touchdowns away from winning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were like a touchdown or like a touchdown and a field goal ahead of us. So during the last 30 seconds of the game, or 30 seconds that run the clock, we make a big pass and a big run, and we end up scoring. So it's basically tied. Yep. After we do the kickoff, next play is made. We get an interception, and we run down the field for a second touchdown within about 30 seconds, winning us oh, the game. Nice. Everyone must have gone nuts, I imagine. Oh, my. Yes. Um, I mean, I played football a little bit in high school, and I was no world beater. I played cornerback, but we had one guy who was a very talented receiver. He actually plays at Morris now, and uh, the play I'll never forget from him was where he literally bounced the ball twice while running before he caught it, that it was a bad pass or a guy had a finger on it, and uh, it was right there, and he went for it, bounced it, he went for it again, bounced it, and then he grabbed it in his hands and ran it for a touchdown. I was so impressed by that, as was everyone else. Boom, baby! <laughs> so, with pretty much every launch of any big, you know, new electronic device... Uh, Since, like, the Dreamcast or yeah, earlier. Uh, the, you know, there's lots of people who find new problems with it. Like, I mean, I recall the Nexus 7 had uh, some GPS issues that they sure. had to fix with a software update, um, you know? What was it? What the iPhone 4 was it tower gate or radio gate? I can't remember what it was. Where the iPhone 4 had trouble uh, getting signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, most famous I would say would probably be the Red Ring of Death, yep. which uh, yes. they remedied by taking thirty-three percent of consoles. Red Ring. <laughs> um, so obviously the PS4. There have been people who are reporting that uh, it's faulty, and Sony has told us that uh, that's only zero point four percent of the PS4 sold on day one. Uh, have been reported as faulty, uh, which isn't, you know, that's that's a very reasonable number. We'll see if, you know, if it climbs once people actually get a chance to yeah, break their yep. things and uh, and report them. Now, uh, to be fair to uh, our viewers, this information, again, came from Sony, of course, yeah. is the one saying yep. that. Um, IGN had five PlayStation 4s, I believe, and they said one of them um, crapped out on them. And I remember hearing one of the guys who wanted to go through that Taco Bell promotion had his crap out on him. Um, obviously, there's only two examples, but we we can't really give you any valid idea of what number of PlayStation 4s have um, failed right now. Other than said, Sony doesn't think it's a big problem. Uh, all, all we can do, I guess, is wait and see. Microsoft played the Red Rings of Death down massively, but it was like about anywhere from a fourth to 40% of the original Xboxes, from what I've heard experience, mm-hmm. deaths. Um, well, so Microsoft. Um, but something that is fixable, but just... The only problem really is that there's too many people trying to get in with the network, like with any big online thing launch. Um, so the uh, PlayStation Network is actually having trouble keeping up with the large volume of people trying to log in and download the day one patch for the PS4. So, uh, long story short, you most definitely should have gotten the disc. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't come in the mail for like weeks though. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, but Sony is asking its users to be patient, and if we know the internet at all, that's not happening. Nope. Um, there was a, a guy, his name is uh, Rich of ReviewTech USA, and he did a big video that got 150,000 views back at the time about the networks of the upcoming next-gen systems and how they were in shambles, is what his sources said. So this is uh, pretty expected, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. that... It's not like we didn't know this was coming, that this would have um, some major issues. I mean, uh, when when the Wii U launched, it had very slow download for its initial thing because there were too many people on Nintendo servers trying to download it. 
Um, so yeah, uh, it happened here. Um, there's no prize for saying that it will happen to the Xbox One. Everybody sees that coming. I also found uh, a really, really quick video uh, demonstrating how easy it is to replace the hard drive in a PlayStation 4 with an SSD, and that apparently, like, um, like ha halves the uh, the loading time for the games that they had. I think. Uh, uh, what's that game called? The the shooty one that's uh, no, well, that's no, 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 no. Like it, it looks like Geometry Retro Evolved. Uh, Wait, did you say the shooty one or the, the shooty sh one? Shooty one, shooty one. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I mean, so like the, in this video, they show you know, so you pop off the the plastic thing, you unscrew one screw, you pop, you pull out the uh, hard drive, unscrew the hard drive from the uh, tray that it's on, screw the uh, SSD onto the tray that it's on. Pop it back in, and then you just go and get the um, the operating system file from Sony's website. Put that onto your USB stick, plug it into the uh, into the USB port, and load it up in recovery mode, and then flash the thing, and you have a fully functional PlayStation 4 with a solid state in it. And mm -hmm. I'm going to try and go find that because for some reason, when I read it first, I didn't put it in the show notes. Silly um, me. We we must make the comment to our viewers at this time. If you attempt to, on your PlayStation 4, um, do this simple modification and put a solid-state drive in, we take no responsibility if you make a mistake or something goes no, wrong. No, of course not. Files get corrupted. And we're not encouraging anyone to do this. We're saying this is I am option. totally encouraging people to do this. Shut the hell up. No, we're dude, saying this is an this option. Is, that you this can is, do to make this is something life. that Sony built into the system like as something that they want people to do. They want yes, people to be able to upgrade like their yeah, hard drives yeah, if they want to. If you to. would like to do this, it's an option. But we're not saying you should do it if you don't feel comfortable modifying your system. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're not encouraging what? people. We're saying this is an option, and there are benefits. No, that's what we're here for, Sam, is to encourage people to do things. I wouldn't, you know? do, it. I wouldn't do it myself if I had a PlayStation 4. Well, that's fine. I'm not... I mean, I might ask someone else to do it for me, but... There you go. I'm saying we need to make sure we don't pressure people, Ian. It's not going to completely change your experience with the PlayStation 4, whether you have one or not. That's not fun. I mean, can you imagine being in a lobby with a bunch of people on a multiplayer game, and then your game loads twice as fast as everybody else's? How cool would you look? Um, would it give you any game any in-game advantage, though? I mean, um, well, I mean, if textures need to be loaded, maybe. Okay. Probably, yeah. I'd buy that. Here we go. Found it. It's in the show notes. Boom, boom, boom. Whoever linked this trailer is right. It's a pretty nice trailer. Yeah, so let's let's actually watch that because the the audio in it is well worth it. Um, I found this is their the PlayStation 4's launch day trailer, and uh, yeah, it was it's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. It's a high quality. I wish they showed a little bit more gameplay than uh more cinematic type stuff, but it works. It, mm -hmm. it works. It gets the vibe across. All right, here we go. Playing it. <laughs> Healing stuff is gonna come in real handy. This is our day.
So I, I just realized something that I didn't notice the first time I watched that. Um, one of those brief, you know, clips that we saw in the trailer mm-hmm. was some gameplay footage from The Last of Us. Really? Which is definitely not coming to the PS4, to the best of my knowledge. Um, I have not heard any rumors that it had, nor have I heard any um, confirmation now, or anything like that. It, that seems like a very odd thing to, like, uh, I, I mean, put it in there uh, as kind of a teaser that it's coming to PS4. I don't think that's the case here. I think they just are using their brands that, you know, are under the PlayStation name. Hmm, interesting. Okay, yeah. Well, The Last of Us was so successful, if they don't make a sequel, I'd be stunned. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about the, the console itself, um, you know, the pros and cons of, you know, I guess buying it day one, since that's what day we're on right okay. now. Um, um, well, I guess to start with, um, Last Generation has run pretty long um, yeah. for console gamers. And it's been for, a while. Yeah, for... Um, most console gamers, the most accessible way for them to get a step up in hardware would be to buy a, a next-gen system rather than a PC. It would be more affordable. Yeah, you can't really just slap a hus- an SSD into either of the current gens. No, no, and they don't have the hardware besides to have that make Actually, a difference. Can I ask, when are we allowed to start calling it last-gen? Because um, we're definitely in the next-gen now. Well, I mean... Uh, that's a really good point. I mean, you could have called it last gen since 2011 by some arguments when the 3DS came out. You could call it the first eight gen system. You mm. could say when the Wii U came out because three out of five next gen systems were out. You could say right now. You could wait for the Xbox One to come out. You could wait until they're discontinued. I mean, pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, out of out of the three home consoles that are, uh, you know, of this new generation. Uh, notice that, you know, I'm being careful with my terminology yep. right now. <laughs> um, the PS4 is definitely the one that I would probably buy. However, I do- don't see a reason to buy it right now, uh, you know, day one. Um, because I think, yeah, you if you're a PC type of gamer like you are, the only reason to get any of the three is because of exclusives. Yeah. And, you know, if you like Nintendo's exclusives, you obviously are going to get a Wii U. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and that applies to everybody. If you don't like Nintendo's exclusives, the Wii U is still a decent console if you like, you know, some of the party games with people or if you want something that's a little bit cheaper. Otherwise, I mean... It's probably going to be a while before I see a Wii U emulator available on Windows. <laughs> I would imagine. If at all. Yep, yep. But um, as for the other systems... um. I mean, I don't know, a PS4, I think that a lot of people probably are happy enough with what they have because it's still getting the majority of games that are on the PS4, I believe, are coming out to PS3 as well. Yeah, and that, that'll definitely start changing as time goes forward, obviously. But right now, yeah, yeah everything's still coming out on the PS3, Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, so the reason that the PS4 looked so attractive to me initially was because... Uh, Sony was talking up this this big game of uh, having Gaikai streaming PS3 games to the PS4, and I was like, perfect, that's exactly what I want. I want a system where I can play last generation stuff that wasn't on PC that I missed, um, as well as play the stuff going forward that, you know, is not going to be on PC that I might miss. Um, and so the PS4 was the one that, you know, was going to do that for me. Um, 
and they they're not that's not a thing yet. Uh, no, Gaikai uh, streaming isn't coming until 2014, and I'm actually not sure if it's going to work exactly the way that I hope that it will work. And I, I mean, not trying to print, I would doubt it would work the convenient, intelligent way that you'd think. Um, mm-hmm. um, Sony really had a great big talk up of get their game with the PlayStation 4, but it's clearly not everything they made it out to be. Uh, that said, take all the hype away. Seems like a fine system. I think a lot of people will benefit from owning it. Yeah. Seems like a fine system that doesn't really have any games on it yet. Uh, no, its launch library is uh, pretty lacking. Um, uh, yeah, so we're definitely going to have to wait until like early 2014 when some of those uh, some of those first party ones start coming out. Infamous Second Son, that, that yeah. looks really good. Um, um, I played the original Infamous for quite a while. It was a very fun game. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Batman games, I would say. Just the speed that you get through bad guys. Gameplay-wise? Or... Yeah, yeah. yeah gameplay-wise. The speed you get through bad guys, the way you move around a lot, the upgrades. Um, but to me, that's not a system seller, though I will say that the next one looks quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely pushing the indie titles. Um, hardcore, which, especially compared to Microsoft. Which is something that I definitely don't need to worry about, because being on <laughs> Windows, I'm all, almost guaranteed that they will be coming to Windows as well. Yeah, unless they you've, like, got, you've got an Android device, too. I mean... That's true, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, like, so so one of the games that we just saw in that trailer was Contrast, which just came out today, um, and I'll be playing it and reviewing it next week uh, for, for our show. Um, and so, I mean, it's like, I, I didn't need to buy a $400 system to get that game. Because yep, I, uh, I already have a, well, $1,300 system. But, yeah. you know. And I, I'm kind of in the same boat, that there's nothing that just grabs me that I'm like, oh, I need to play that on that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not knocking it. If if you like Sony's first-party games, then I, I even say you don't need to buy it now. You can wait six months and get, that's when a lot of them will hit, or nine months, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're just a normal person who is like, I would like a good next-gen system that I can play simple games on, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, um, it's one to look at. It's it's considerable. It's got a pretty fair price to it for what you're getting. Um, it does Blu-ray, of course, which is nice. Of course. Uh, well, yeah. everything except for the Wii U at this point does Blu-ray. Right, right. But I just mean that's something that some people might not have yet, so that would be something to consider about why mm-hmm. they might want it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, it seems to me to be a worthwhile system so far. The big thing I'm worried about right now is how it performs under stress, because out of all three of the uh, home console machines, that have, the next-gen home consoles, there we go, um, it will almost certainly run the hottest and have the most trouble with heating. Yeah. Uh, unless Microsoft just screwed up again with their hardware air quality, which... Would that surprise anybody? Um, Sam, have you have you seen the uh, Steam machine prototypes? Oh, probably. Um, they, <laughs> I, I saw some pictures of them opened up, and the way that they fit a full size, you know, Nvidia Titan in there is just like it takes up half of the box. Oh God! It's I the can just picture the heating problems. It's it, it's insane, and and so like apparently the way that they are doing the heating is they have compartmentalized the entire box into like three different sections that vent out on different sides of the box. Okay. That's how it keeps cool. <laughs> uh, all um, I can the, say is I hope it works for them. Yeah, me too. Oh man, that would be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, no the the uh, PS4, all of the vents are on the back. So when you buy that, you need to make sure that you're not putting it like at the back of your cabinet, right up against a wall or something, where I've it's just always, gonna. 
Well, I've always Make been a, a big hot fan box. Of, yeah, you, you can call me superstitious. I always put something beneath my consoles so that mm. that lifts them up off the ground a little bit. I'll use a, a small hardcover book, for example, and just use that to lift it up. And um, that just, I think, clears up any additional vents that it might have on the sides or on the bottom. Because, like, the Wii U I know has vents on, I think, two sides of it, on the back and on the side. I remember when my laptop was having heating issues. Oh, and, God. Uh, <laughs> I, I, started, story. I started gaming with my laptop on my lap instead of on the desk with the big box fan sitting in front of me blowing up at me to get the, you know, the cool air just straight past the entire body of the laptop. <laughs> it worked um, moderately well. I learned from you, Ian. I have, because I use a laptop to game, I am not like my two friends here who have mm-hmm. fantastic PCs. Fantastic! Um, I uh, will, if I'm going to play for a long time, I'll pop an ice pack underneath it, and that yep. works stunningly well. I mean, sometimes where the keyboard would get very hot, it doesn't get hot at all. That works amazingly. Um, mm-hmm. That was another thing that people did with their original PlayStation 1s, was that they'd have to put an ice pack. Well, if wow. you'd flip it upside down so that the vents could be on the side they wanted them to. Um, nice. hilarious. And you might put an ice pack on there to keep it running cool. Um, I mean, the PlayStation 4, I think, had like a 10-15% failure rate. The original Wii had about a 1-2% or 2% failure rate, and the Xbox was, yeah, 20-30. <laughs> so Sony builds pretty decent quality hardware. I really, really hope this works out for them. And they've been doing it for long enough that you know they mm-hmm. uh, they have the experience. They you know. Yep. Yep. Um, Oddly enough, my my laptop was a Sony laptop, and yeah. I mean the only reason that it had heating issues was uh, because the the filter was all clogged up with dust that I needed to clean out, and so. Are you ever gonna help me take mine and clean it out? All right, we can we can do that sometime. Can we do it? Shirtless and or naked like we are right now. Yes, okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, other that'll help you with, are, uh, you know, only in the name of romance. You are invited <laughs> to this as well. Would you come Sweet. To, when you come to Horse, I've already told you I will buy you food at the cafe, and then we will do this. I will bring the oil. <laughs> All right. So, um, my Ian, bring the camera, because if you're going to try to set me up with a girl, we've got to milk this well, while at work. Men at work. Now that I have, you know, a, f- a phone that actually takes pictures, I mean, I have a camera with me at all times. So, uh, all right, we so go. we can get the video going. I love it. Um, we will naked oil wrestle all over the cafeteria, up and down the stairs. How does that make you feel? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with that's not the strangest thing that's happened here in Morris. <laughs> <laughs> do tell, do tell. I'm, I mean, I'm, so I don't know any stories specifically. I haven't been here, you know, present for any that are weirder than that, but I'm sure it's happened because this is Morris. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Um, <laughs> if there aren't things I've had repressed. Well, I never went to any of the kink club things, so... <laughs> Kink club? <laughs> yeah, we have a kink club. Wait, it still exists? Uh, I think so. As oh my in, god. Kink. K-I... As in and people who I get together for weird sexual things that pleases nope. them and then... Uh, I don't think that the, the meetings are actually that. I think the meetings are, like, talking about kinky things. Like, they, they, they had, like, a... I think they had once a... A, a writing competition where they all wrote some pornos and I, I hate to say this, please do not ask me how I know this, but I guarantee you I would have won that. <laughs> so, do not ask me how I know that, but I'm not even bragging or kidding. I know for sure I would have won that. 
<laughs> I have proof that I could provide, but don't ask any details. <laughs> oh, man. You are so telling me what you're talking about later. <laughs> Not on air. <laughs> so, ladies, he's confident, he's sensitive, and he'll make sure to do whatever pleases you. <laughs> However you want it. So let, let's talk about what's been pleasing people the most about the PS4. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Um, so tons and tons of people have been uh, talking about the great controller. Obviously I have absolutely no experience with this controller, but um, a lot of the, you know, the, the journalists that I, that I respect um, who absolutely hated the DualShock 3 uh, mm-hmm. and loved the Xbox 360 controller... Um, they they think that the PS4 controller is probably the best one that they've ever used. Um, you can use the PS4 controller on some PS3 games, and it came out a while ago that you mm. get your hands on it. And um, yeah, it seems to me to be a a really high quality controller. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's already compatible with Windows um, for most games. I'm not sure why it's only most games, but yeah, I'm actually considering buying one to use uh, on my PC. I could definitely see why. In, instead of getting an Xbox 360 controller because, I mean, it sounds kind of silly that, you know, I'm getting it basically because it's the newest thing, but um, I can be reasonably assured that that will be supported more going forward yeah, than a, an Xbox that. 360 mm-hmm. controller. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I like the Wii U gamepad as my favorite controller, but if you said a traditional controller, you know, anything, I just mm-hmm. like that because of the extra functionality. Yeah, the PS4 controller seems fantastic. Um, it, well, I'm really glad to see that Sony stepped it up after the last three DualShocks were very similar, and people had a lot of issues with them. Uh, this one seems like it's made to a pretty high quality. Well, let's be fair. The original DualShock, uh, I mean, it didn't need to be a great-feeling controller. Just the fact that they put two analog sticks on there was like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That was considered. Because Nintendo was like, hey, look, we have an analog stick. Sony, like about a year later, we need to beat that to ensure that we keep that. <laughs> How can we beat that? So, still waiting for that third analog stick. So are you saying that, like, when Sony made the PlayStation move, instead of, you know, just having it be one, they should have made two sticks that you hold that are, like, corded together or something, and that's one player? They should have done a third. A third, okay. Everything. Everything has ever come out. Sounds like an orgy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, this is a very dirty, dirty show today. This is also a very, very long show. It is. Um, so let's let's go on. Uh, so that's the PS4. It just launched. It might be a while before we actually get somebody on the show who owns one. Uh, yeah, because any experience. Yeah, yeah I, I actually don't know anybody who's ordering one. No um, But yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely ask around and see if we can get somebody on. Um, all right, Batman Arkham Origins. Okay. Um, how many spoilers am I allowed to have? Uh, I'm going to play it, so please none that we haven't already seen in, like, the trailers and stuff. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to be as simple about it as I can. Where do you want me to start? Do I want me to start with the story and gameplay? (laughs) Um, sure, let's let's talk story. Okay. Uh, for, for full disclosure, I have it on the Wii U for those interested. Um, I'll get to how it ran later, but Mm -hmm. story. We start out with Batman, who has been Batman for two years, um... There's no Batgirl, no Robin, none of them. Just Batman and Alfred, and um, it's Christmas. Anything could happen. 
Oh, yes. It's Christmas, <laughs> and a bunch of assassins have been hired by the Black Mask to kill Batman. Eight of them. Um, I could rattle them off, but I'll let our viewers find for themselves just to say that it's a collection of probably, yeah, I'd say a few A-tier um, and a lot of C-ish tier Batman villains. Now that said, even a C-tier Batman villain is better than a typical rogue of a normal character. Um, that's just how quite quality they are. Uh, they're hired to kill him. $50 million is the bounty. So across the story, you play as Batman trying to take them out and deal with uh, the Black Mask who hired them. But there's a big twist in the story, which I won't spoil for you. Um, Thank you. Yep, Thank yep. you. Uh, character Alfred is really the Black Mask. Um, characterization <laughs> is... Um, pretty good. Characters are written very well, I would say. I like how they write Batman. I like how they write Alfred. Um, the villains do fine. The boss fights with them have enjoyable dialogue. Um, Gotham City itself is portrayed well. Um, Batman starts out as somewhat of a myth, somewhat unknown, and then we delve straight into everybody ever knows who Batman is, um, and I don't kind of like that. And by everyone ever, I mean people are no longer surprised to see him uh, I don't like that as much. I'm shy of that battle that got taken away from it. Um, there are a few characters that I feel like they should have spent more time on or ones I feel like would have fit the story well, but I'm a very large Batman fan. I've got, you know, I think about 20 Batman graphic novels, and I follow it online. I read a lot about it. Um, for example, if the next Batman game did not come out on PC for some stupid reason, just our next-gen system, I would buy a system just for that game. Wow. That's yep. dedication right there. That's about one of the only games out there that I would buy a system for just to play that game. Um, but anyway, um, I'd say the story feels okay ex in terms of characterization and stuff. It does well there. Um, in terms of cliches, I mean, it, it does all right. It doesn't delve into every cliche ever, but it's got a few. It has a few disappointments with a couple of characters that, at first, the way they portray characters, they do things might seem funny, but then when you, you try to get into it a little bit more, if you know what I mean, um, if you try to really dig into the story and such, you might get disappointed by the way that they're, um, by what they're portrayed. If you think about what this character could have done or the build-up to them and then they're portrayed different than you expected, you might be a little bit disappointed. Um, now, as for the story itself, there are moments of brilliance where I feel like it's very well written, like it could compete with some of my favorite Batman stories. Um, not my very favorites, but some of the very good ones from novels and stuff, like it could do well with those. And then the general story itself, I feel, is a bit rehashed. It's nothing new or surprising. And there are a few twists that um, I think anyone who's a real fan of Batman would be disappointed by, the way that they um, handle certain characters and the way that they... Uh, I'm trying to think how to frame it without any, giving any spoilers. The way that certain events transpire, the way that certain things happen, it's like, yep, I predicted that. Yep, I predicted that. Oh, yep, we've seen this before. Yep, this is not new. Now, for, for somebody like me whose um, Batman experience has mostly been, you know, seeing the Dark Knight trilogy and playing uh, the first two Arkham games, uh, would I, like, because you're, you're talking about rehashes, would I uh, appreciate those stories that are rehashes that I don't necessarily view as rehashes because they're the first time I've seen them? Even you might view some parts of it as kind of a rehash or a simple thing, even with only the modern Batman experience. Um, even if you were almost new to Batman, I think that this might bother some people the way that mm. it's handled. Um, that said, I'm not saying the story doesn't have merit or value. Um, I did not care for the story overall. I mean, I'd give it maybe about a 4 out of 10, but it does not break the experience in my mind. Um, 
Okay. Do you have any other specific questions about the story or the character or anything you'd like to know? Um, not really. I mean, I heard I heard that the um, assassins uh, were kind of only like the first half of the story. Um, um, let me think about how to frame that. Well, two of them are side missions, who you can okay. actually experience huh. or not. Um, one of the assassins stays very relevant the whole time, um, from fairly from about the middle of the game to the end. And um, others come and go. That they're early, they're late. Um, I'd say they're pretty relevant throughout most of the story. Okay. Okay. Good. That, that, that they are fairly relevant overall. Admittedly, they. Nah, I'll let you figure it out. I'll just say that it's not like they're the assassins are introduced and then forty percent of the way through. That's it. No more talk about the assassins. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's okay. good. That's good. Um, anything else you'd like to know about that? Nope. Okay. Um, I suppose next, because it's easy to cover, I'll talk about how the game performed on my system, the Wii U. Um, it looked fine. I play it on a 42-inch TV, which I sit... I guess my head is probably about 10, 11 feet from it. Um, I think the game is at 720p. I don't know that. Um, it wouldn't matter if it was a 1080p, I can tell you, because I've played games that are at 1080p on that TV compared to ones at 720. It doesn't make much difference at that distance. Um, frame rate, it's pretty stable at 30. If anything, it would drop during cutscenes. I don't know that it does. I'm saying it would. But during gameplay, it seemed fine. I didn't have any issues. Um, there was something else. Uh, screen tearing, none of that. No screen tearing that I experienced. I remember uh, there being uh, a lot of complaints about like the game just being really buggy and having uh, you know, things that would prevent you from progressing in the story or uh, I think maybe just entire game crashes. Um, and I... Um, I I know that, so what I read on Polygon was that those issues were mostly on the not Wii U platforms. Uh, yeah, I had, yes, I also remember reading that. Uh, my system locked up once while playing it, which it's done that to me in the year I've had it about maybe five, six times, which I don't like that because it's never happened before, but I mean, I, well, I had it locked up on the PlayStation 3 a few times. Mm. But this game did lock up on me once, kind of sucked. Um, the game is very, very good about auto-saving, though. It does a really good job of that. Oh, that's good. Um, otherwise, I was aware of a few glitches, a few positions that you could put yourself in where you're screwed, and I avoided them. Well, good job. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. Um, I suppose, yeah, graphically, I mean, the game looks good. I, I, will it look better on PC? Of course. Will it look, does it look bad enough on consoles that it's a noticeable detriment to it? Of course not. It looks just fine. It, it looks very playable on consoles. I'm sure it looks prettier on PC and has tessellation. And yeah, they, they were partnering heavily with uh, NVIDIA to bring all of these fancy shadows and cape mm -hmm. effects and uh, I'd probably physics stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, all the proprietaries. I would say that 90, 95% of uh, people who are interested in playing the game wouldn't notice enough of a difference that it, mm -hmm. it matter much. If you have both systems and you're like, what should I get it on? Um, or, you know, if you have other systems and you're like, well, what should I get on? Um, if you're going to play by yourself and you're comfortable playing with the controller that way, you know, get it on the PC unless you prefer it on a console. Um, but Wii's gamepad is not implemented terribly well this time. Last time it was really well done where you controlled a lot of the gadgets through it and it just worked. Um, the hacking was a little different on the Wii U than it was on the 360 or the PC, which I liked. Um, it was really well done there, but this time it was just a tacked-on map. Um, it, it bothered me how they downgraded it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got it on the Wii U just because I wanted to and because it was 10 bucks cheaper. Um, but the PC version is, you know, obviously the definitive graphical version, but it shouldn't matter that much to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, unless I suppose if you cannot stand anything ever at 30 frames per second, or si yeah, and you need 60, I don't know if there's actually anybody like that, then get the version that'll run at 60. 
Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I so I just looked up uh, to see what Nvidia rated the game for 3D, you know, ness. Yep. And uh, it's not rated at all. The first two Batman's are on there as 3D I vision ready. Done, uh, yeah, I could have done Arkham Asylum on my PS3 in 3D. So that, yeah. that surprises me. That's weird. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, so then gameplay, um, so that I don't take it nine years. Um, it's like the other games. It's it's fun. Um, it's a very fun game when it's fun, but it feels really repetitive sometimes, running around, fighting criminals and everything. Uh-huh. Um, the stealth missions just didn't seem as good to me this time as last time. I have no clue why I say that, but not one of the stealth missions grabbed me like they did playing through City for the second time or playing through Asylum the first time or anything. So Now, one thing I noticed in Arkham City was that the... Um, the the timings in the in the fights seemed much more I don't know reasonable like I had a really hard time uh, blocking people when I wanted to block them and chaining things together <laughs> whereas in city it it flowed it was you know natural yeah. I I was able to do the things that I expected to be able to do um, um I'd say this was fine I lost a lot of fights because of my own bullheadedness and more than than that I'd gotten bored of the game in some ways I wanted to get through it Um, it really got repetitive it felt like part way through and um, it was a shame I'd argue the game was almost too long in that way that it Mm. can get repetitive or that they could have done a bit more with it there are a few new enemy types which I like there's the enforcer which is a giant bear of a man there's the martial artist who fights in a unique way that you've got to fight differently than you normally would um I'd say highlights of the game are probably the boss fights are phenomenal. Very. Oh, very that's good. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the boss the fights. Series. Yeah. Asylum's boss fights were a joke completely. Um, City, I enjoyed fighting Grundy, I remember. I don't know about the others. Okay. And, yeah, this one I had a good time with just about every single boss fight. Um, in particular, the boss fight with Deathstroke, one of the assassins, um, really, really was, to me, one of the highlights of the game. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll let you discover why for yourself, but let's just set the dialogue really makes that, and it's great. Now, let's see. So Deathstroke was a playable character, I think, in a DLC that you yep, could get yep, by I got that. Yep, I've got that. He's playable there. Um, what, was that interesting? Was that worth it? I, I've only played with him a little bit there. I haven't done much. Um, yeah, he seems different enough than Batman, but it's, uh, it's fun. Um, I mean, yeah, I haven't sat down and gone through all the challenge maps. I've mostly completed the main story and uh, run around and completed some side objectives. Um, but yeah, I mean, the game was, to me, it was worth pre-ordering. Um, Sweet. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing I would say about the gameplay is this. If I were to give the game a scale for the fun of the gameplay on a 1 to 10, um, it would have to be an 8 or 8.5 because this game is fun. Really, really fun. Buy this game. It's great fun to play, but it does get repetitive sometimes, and that really is a detriment to it. So, if uh, you were to put a price point, a reasonable price point on this game, what would it be? Well, I paid fifty dollars for it, but Amazon gave me ten dollars um, of credit, so I paid forty, and I feel like that was very fair for my okay. one play through the storyline. That was very fair, and there's more content there for me. Um, overall, I think that if you like the first two games, you'll almost certainly like this one. I don't know if it's the best jumping on point for the series, but I feel like it's um it's a worthy game. Um, yeah, in my mind, it's the worst of the games. Asylum had better story and aesthetics, and City had better gameplay. But I'm sorry, but being the worst of two games that are two of my favorite games ever, and then this one, ever. yeah, <laughs> that's not so bad. I I would definitely say that it's a fine game, a good release. And I mean, right now it might be one of the games that's on course to be my game of the year, despite its story might hold it back from me for that reason. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. 
Do you cool. have any other questions about it? Just like say. Nope, not really. Uh, we've been running pretty long, so uh, yep. I'll just give us a, a real quick overview. So, World of uh, new releases, World of Warplanes just came out, and of mm-hmm. course, the PlayStation Four. Um, mm-hmm. So, next week preview, I will be reviewing Contrast, and uh, I was going to reveal a uh, review Burial at Sea Episode One, which is a DLC for Bioshock Infinite, but I'll be putting that off until next week. Um, and of course, we'll be talking about the Xbox One because that's releasing this next week. And we might have a review of World of Warplanes, depending on how much of that we uh, play. But, you know, that game isn't going anywhere, so there's no rush on that. Um, So, thanks for listening, everybody, to our ramblings and rantings. Uh, This is Ian Buck. I'm Ian Duck. And I'm Sam. Signing off. going to become resistance just for the heck of it, but Ian just I think I I can't remember why. He guilted me heavily. Yeah, he would okay. Yeah, no I just, you, you I just gave you the stern look and folded my arms and uh, you didn't do it. <laughs> Shot to the heart. And you're too blame done, you can't love. Ban, I mean crypto, <laughs> a bad thing. Oh boy.